Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's make an our confession of faith together. It's right there at the bottom of the screen. Let's say it, y'all. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win in Jesus' name. Say, I'll stay standing for just one moment. Uh, go to Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Dr. Luke, Luke the Gentile physician. Gentile means non-Jew physician. Dr. Luke, he wrote the book of Luke uh, that bears his name. He also wrote the book of Acts. Acts is like Luke extended version. So Luke is like the EP, and then, you know, the full record is through the book of Acts. Luke chapter 4, verse number 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Ghost, say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Say it like an army Wednesday. Say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. He returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness. Who led him into the wilderness? The spirit. How was he led? Because he was filled. He was spirit filled so he could be spirit led. Father, speak to us tonight. Preach through me. I decrease the two and increase. Give us clarity tonight. When we walk in the things you've ordained. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody sit. Amen. Grab a seat tonight. As you know, we're in this series, the Holy Spirit, with this substratum. It's the God in you. And I encourage you to catch up on the first few messages on YouTube, Facebook, uh, auto message, and all that through our mobile app. So far, we've learned there's three experiences you can have as a Christian. Y'all got to flow quickly with me tonight. The first one is salvation. This is also called being born again or making a decision to become a Christian. We've learned that in this first experience, that's when we're what? Sealed by the Holy Spirit. And what have we learned, church? Salvation is the beginning. It is not the ending. If you grew up in church, you were led to believe that when you get saved, that's the end. So here's what happens. You stop trying to experience good life here because you were so concerned about the afterlife over there. But that's not what the scripture teaches. The scripture does not promise us heaven as a place to live. It promises us the kingdom of heaven, which is a lifestyle, which means, watch this. I'm not trying to die to get to heaven. I'm living well so I can bring heaven down here. Would you stop your neighbor a high five and you're going to do it at least 10 more times tonight and just say stop trying to worry about afterlife. 
Yeah, stop worrying about having your bags packed ready for Jesus. Matter of fact, for some of you who grew up old school, stop talking about it's the last and evil days. Do you not know they've been saying that since Peter was alive? Uh, the reality of the matter is, is God is not so much concerned about what's going to happen after you exit the earth. He's concerned about what you're doing while you're here on the earth. Does it even matter that you were born or so you are you so uh, infatuated and saturated by your own problems, issues, and vicissitudes that you do not use your own life to bring somebody else back to life? Do you not know that everything you've been through was not for you? Everything that you've been through was so that you could use your life to change the life of somebody else. Somebody holler, that's kingdom. Kingdom now is heaven's attributes on earth. It is God's MO, his modus operandi, how God does what he does when he does what he does. That's what this Bible is about. This Bible is not just about getting saved and dying and going to heaven. This Bible is about getting saved, watch this, not from something, but getting saved for something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Which means when you give your life to Jesus, Jesus says, now I want you to use your life to now impact and transform the lives of other people. Which is why you should be excited about being saved because watch this, this ain't no cruise ship. This is a battleship, which means God says, I'm looking for some folk that will not just get stuck at being saved, but will get up off their blessed assurance and do something to transform the world around them. Which brings us to the second experience, which is being spirit-filled. And when you're filled with the spirit, it's also called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, baptism of the spirit. All those terms mean the same thing. By definition, we've learned that when you're spirit-filled, you are, in fact, filled with God's breath. Say his breath. Y'all talk to me like an army. Say his mind. His wind. Say his wind. And his soul. Now, I've taught you extensively about that. When you're filled with the spirit, it's not goosebumps. That means you're cold. When you're filled with the spirit, hair standing up on the back of your neck ain't got nothing to do with that. When you are filled with the spirit, and how, by the way, how do we get saved? We ask. How are we filled with the spirit? We ask. We've learned this already. When you're filled with the spirit, check it out. God says, I give you my breath. I give you my mind. I give you my wind, and I give you my soul, which means the wind in you is greater than the wind against you it means watch this you're not thinking the way you would normally think you're thinking the way I would think about it and the way I think about it whenever I see a problem I don't complain about the problem I start looking for the solution say I have his mind see when you have his mind every day will be an adventure not torment the reason so many folk get depressed and discouraged is because they don't have his mind. They got their mind. And in their mind, they think they're an expert that's got everything figured out. So when something doesn't go according to their little plan, they get all upset with God and upset with life and want to do this, that, and the other. But the reality is when you're filled with his mind, every day you'll wake up and say, you know what? Maybe this didn't go the way I planned for it to go, but that's all right. All I got to do is rework the plan and then work the plan. Now, then thirdly, the experience that we get is when we are refilled with his spirit. And we've learned so far that you cannot memorialize when you're filled with the spirit of God. So if you grew up old school, you say things like this. You know, I was filled with the precious Holy Ghost on June 14, 1942. Problem is, is that being filled with the spirit is not a monument. It is a movement. So it is a repetitive action that's got to happen every day. I don't know about you, but every day I've got to be refilled because every day somebody. See, listen, I'm just trying to live my best life. I ain't trying to go back and forth. And so the reality is, touch your neighbor and say, you got to stay spirit-filled to do that. Yeah, because people will make you want to go whoops and oops upside their head. Where the real folk at? You can deal with situations that will make you want to snap, crackle, and pop. But when you stay filled with the spirit, stuff that used to mess with you, you'll say, I ain't even worried about that. Why? Because I've got his mind, I've got his breath, I've got his soul, and I've got his wind. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. 
Acts, we've learned that when we're filled with the Spirit, he leads us. And so we've asked this question Wednesday, how does God lead us? How does he do that, y'all? His voice. Say his voice. And we ask this question, what does his voice sound like? And that's the problem. That's the issue. There's lots of misunderstandings and misinterpretations of God's voice. You got a lot of uh, folklore about God's voice and not a whole lot of words. Say, so let's get the word about it. A lot of misunderstandings, a lot of misinterpretations of God's voice. Don't think because you feel or sense something that it's God. In fact, we've learned God does not deal in the realm of our feelings at all when he's leading us. And I asked you this question on Sunday. I want to ask it again. That's if you can be led. Everybody can't be led because they're so busy trying to lead. Some of the worst people in the world are people who don't think they need anybody to tell them what to do. And we talked about this last week, how even Jesus submitted himself uh, to John. Uh, it is now a fact that John, uh, who was a relative of Jesus, many people say that's his cousin. The Bible doesn't say it was his cousin. The Bible says that they are related because Mary and Elizabeth are related. One can use deductive logic to presume that somehow they are cousins. But the reality is, in modern American culture, you call everybody your cousin. So the Bible doesn't say that, but he's a relative. Somebody say relative. John was the established man of the day. In fact, John is the reincarnation, check it out, of this man in the Bible called Elijah. Elijah, can I teach you like I want to? Elijah is this man in the scripture uh, that in his day, all of the men of God, the prophets, the mouthpieces of God, those who went to God, went to the people on behalf of God, they all had something that was called the schools of the prophets. The issue with a school is a school will teach students how to do tasks. Elijah was the first man of God that didn't have the school of the prophets. He had something called the sons of the prophets. Elijah said, instead of teaching people how to do things, I'll teach people who they are. And if I teach them who they are, it'll automatically change what they do. Check it out. I've never been called to a farm to cast the spirit of a chicken out of a cow. Why? Because the chicken knows exactly who it is. So it knows we don't moo, we cluck. Check it out. The issue that many individuals have in their Christian walk is that they've been so infatuated with doing tasks that they never learned who they were. And so if you don't know who you are, you will always spend your life dealing with fruit, but you will never address the root issues. But I think if you're in church on a Wednesday night that you're the kind of person that just don't want to deal with fruit. You're the kind of person that wants to deal with root. Because if I deal with my root issues, I will never ever again have to worry about the fruit. If I get the root handle, the fruit will correct itself. Slap your neighbor high five for the second time and say, handle your root and the fruit will take care of itself. So what's significant now is that John, the relative of Jesus, John is the reincarnation of this guy called Elijah. So he comes with an agenda. He's doing in the earth now, years later, the same thing he did when he walked the earth in the books of Kings, etc. And so he's Jesus' relative. Jesus is God in the flesh. Say God in the flesh. The anthropos is the technical term. 100% God, 100% man. You know what I'm about to say. So much man you can't believe he's. So much God you can't believe he's. Ain't that something? Watch this. T touch your neighbor. This is third time. You ready? Here's what you need to say. Say, but that's how you are. When your spirit feels, you got 100% of God in you. And 100% of you in you. Yeah, you don't even know who you are. You're sitting around stressing over a doggone sprint bill. Baby, God lives on the inside of you. Watch, 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 watch. So he's God in the flesh. So the scripture says that he is baptized by John. But he wasn't baptized because he needed to be washed clean of his sin. Baptism is this Hebrew custom called mikvah. 
Mikvah is when in the Hebrew culture they would ordain someone to the ministry. So when Jesus goes to John, he's actually being ordained into the ministry. Check this out. Even Jesus had to submit his life to the hand of another man. The issue we have in culture today is everybody wants to be the hand and not be under a hand. It got super quiet right there, and I don't even like that. Y'all don't know, I ain't even from here. Don't do me like that. Uh, 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 Touch your neighbor and say, whose hand are you under? Yeah, that's an important question because Jesus had to submit himself to the hand of the man of the day. And then that's when he was released. And then the Holy Spirit affirmed him. Then he goes into the wilderness. After he comes out of the wilderness, then this Bible says uh, that uh, uh, he's got this great leading. Say he's led. Here's what's significant. And here's what I want you to get Wednesday. At the end of the day, uh, even Jesus demonstrated how to be led. This is important because if you want the Holy Spirit to lead you, he will not force you to do anything. He will only lead you, which means you've got to yield. I want you to say it like an army. Say, Lord, your will, not my will be done. Which means it's not your agenda. It's not what you want to do. It's not what you feel like. It's not what you think. It's not what your big mama and them said. What does the word say? Say, Lord, lead me and I'll follow. God does not deal in the realm of feelings at all uh, when he's leading you. And I said this to you several times. Whatever you want the most talks the loudest, which is daily why we got to pray that prayer. Lord, not my will. Your will be done. Here's what will happen. When you start praying that and believing that, you'll start sleeping like a baby. You, you won't be stressed about nothing. You won't be worried about nothing. Stuff that's got other folks saying what you want. I ain't worried about nothing, child. Look, this is, look here. Uh, I have died to my will, and I live for his will. So come what may, it's going to be what it's going to be, and I'm going to make it do what it's got to do. Say, I refuse to be stressed. Say, I refuse to worry. Say it like you mean it. Say, I refuse to be stressed. Say, I refuse to worry. Four voices that can talk. You talking to yourself. We've learned that. Uh, people's unbiblical opinions replaying. We've learned that. Satan talking. What does he do? He makes facts and fiction together to play you out of position. And fourthly, God talking. If you're like, he's going really fast, that's because I already preached this. This is revealed. That's why at the beginning of the message, I said, go catch you up. Say lie. Now, we've learned this. God's leading never contradicts his word. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth will pass away. Your car will be gone. Your 401k will be gone. Everything will be gone before God says one word of this doesn't happen. So God will never contradict what he said to say something special to you. That's important to know because we live in a world now where everybody, I'm I'm not a Christian, I'm spiritual. I don't believe in church, I just believe in God. It's, that's an impossibility. Okay, Church is God's girl. He refers to the church as his wife, his bride. So really when you say, God, I like, I like, and listen, I understand. Listen, I've come through some situations where literally I said, Lord, these church, I said, they can go to hell. Oh, why are you looking at me like that? Not y'all, not y'all, not y'all, not y'all, not y'all, not y'all, not y'all. No, I'm serious. It wasn't that serious. I said, Lord, the way these folk are, I said, they can go straight to hell. Somebody got to go. And I got a list of folk that I want you to take. Burn this sucker up. I mean, don't let, don't get him 10 minutes free. Put the fire. <laughs> Why y'all looking at me like that? Y'all, you ain't been, some of y'all got some folk right now that the only reason that you ain't mad tonight is because you hope there's a hell. You're just like, go to straight to hell, Ike, you know. <laughs> 
I'm not cussing when I say hell, by the way, it's a noun. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. I understand what it's like to deal with some people. Here's what you need to understand. One, don't say you've ever got church hurt. That's not true. What you have is people in church hurt you. Just like people on your job hurt you. You know what's funny, though? (laughs) You went to work. Just like you were hurt in a car accident. You know what's funny? Didn't you drive to church? Check this out. So don't let one person paint a picture of the whole thing. Just like preachers, you can say, I don't trust them preachers. Well, listen, I can't speak for nobody else, but I, I, I ain't told nothing. I, 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 oh, y'all, 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 don't y'all do that tone of face with me. I, 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 ain't no funny business going on around you with me. I can't speak for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, why, why are you saying that? Because, because you can't let one preacher paint all preachers. Are you hearing me? Some of y'all have let that happen to you in relationships. You let one crazy person, all men are bad. No, just the crazy fools you pick. All women ain't good. No, just the video girls you like. You knew what she was when you found her. You found her on Instagram. What did you expect? Am I saying she could be bad? Okay, because so some of y'all like. She may be phenomenal. I'm just making a point. Touch your neighbor say he's making a point. Check this out. Check this out. So you can't paint that picture that everybody is like that because of one thing. Here's what's significant. We live in a culture now that, that's optional with what the word says. And so watch this. If you see his word is an option, then he can't lead you because you have no basis from which he can lead you from. If a police officer was to tell you to do something, um, um, listen, I don't want to go political here or, or pop culture here, okay? Just stick with me, okay? Just, just stay. Let's just keep it real simple here. If they say halt, stop, okay? If they say stop nine times out of ten, you're going to stop. Why? Because you have a preconceived belief that the badge has power. So when the Holy Spirit is leading, you have to have a preconceived belief that the word is the authority and the word has power. If you don't have that belief, there's no way that he can lead you. Are you still here Wednesday? All right. So we learn uh, uh, that there's four voices that can speak. And then we ask this question, well, how does God speak? So we started this last Wednesday. The first way is your pastor, which is the word rhema in Greek. It's what God is saying through what God has said. Say rhema. In Jeremiah 23, 4, God says, I will set up pastors over them, shepherds over them, who will feed them. That means to teach them, lead them, coach them, and instruct them. And they shall what? Fear no more, and nor shall they be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking. Okay, it says they shall what? Fear no more, nor shall they be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking. Watch this. I'll set up pastors over them who will do what? Feed them. My job is to feed you, not excite you. It is not my job to entertain you. It is not my responsibility uh, 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 to make you, uh, you know, hop, skip, and jump, all that. And that's good. I ain't saying nothing bad with that. What I'm saying is, is my responsibility is to feed you. Because in feeding you, if you will receive that food, then he says that you will not put the verse up, that there will be no fear. Say no fear. no fear. Look at me. Every fear you have is related to a word you ignored. All right? Nor should they be dismayed. Dismay means break down. It means to be discouraged, to be beaten down, to be stressed out. Okay? All of that is tracked to a rhema you've ignored. And then lack. Say lack. Say lack is whack. Say so is crack. Say it's all whack. It is. 
Watch. Watch, though. Watch. 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 Here's what you need to get. If there's lack, church, if there's lack, it's directly connected to a rhema you've ignored. Are you getting that? So, so, so lay your hands on yourself. Say, what rhema have you ignored? All right. Now, when listening to, to the rhema, and again, I'm repeating this. I'm going to get to the new stuff. I just got to make sure you get this down on your insides real good. Uh, you got to listen to be corrected, not just for comfort. Okay? A lot of folk, when it comes to messages, they're always, watch this. I can prove it to the one by the ones you pick on the podcast, the ones you pick on YouTube. You go to pick the ones that bring you comfort. Like God's going to get your enemies. That's the one I need. You don't listen to the one about you need to do right. <laughs> I'm good on that. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Let's get these enemies though, Bishop. Say, I must listen to be corrected, not just comfort. Listen to this. Excessive comfort breeds excessive failure. Comfort and change cannot exist in the same place, which means if you want to change, you've got to get rid of comfort. And the purpose of the word, watch this, is to bring discomfort so it brings change. So it is not just my job to sit up and just give you word that, yes, you will be comforted. But after that, it needs to make you say, hmm, things that make you go. There's some things that need to change. Luke 8, 18. Therefore, take heed to how you hear. In other words, be careful how you listen. He said, it's not an issue with what's being said. It's an issue with how you're listening. It's an issue with how you're hearing. And here's the facts. Out of what I say tonight, you're going to remember 30%. That's a fact. That's why we make it available for replay. Now, here's the deal. Out of what's said, if, you, if you're not careful to go back to the replay, you will hear what you wanted to hear, not what was said. So somebody tonight heard something I did not say. I can't tell you how many times folk would come up and say, Bishop, you know, you always say this. And I, I you know, I'd say, I ain't never said that before. But they heard what they wanted to hear. And the scripture says, take heed to how you listen. So I want you to say something. Uh, the prophet Habakkuk says, say, Lord, when you speak rhema, give me correction so I can have acceleration. Now say it like you mean it. Say, Lord, let the word correct me so my situation doesn't have to. Whenever you won't hear correction, God has to allow hurt to cause correction. Okay? Second way God speaks is his logos. That, 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 that's a Greek word. Rhema and logos are Greek words. Logos means God's word. It's something God has already said. His voice is best found in a verse, which is why Psalm 119, 105 says, Your lamp, or your word rather, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible is a lamp, which means it's easy to see what to do. And it's a light, which means it makes decisions clear. And it, it says it makes decisions clear to your feet. Feet here in scripture don't literally mean your feet. It's just giving you imagery. And here, feet, when it says feet, it literally means it gives you the ability to endure your journey. So how are you going to, because look, look at me, sometimes the issue is we want the journey to end before we fully possessed. Now you miss it. There are certain things that as we're navigating through life, we're like, okay, God, I've been dealing with this problem for two months. Like, I'm done with it now. Like, I'm over it. And God is like, but you haven't taken everything out of the journey that you were supposed to take. There's some more lessons here. There's some more grace here. There's some more favor here. There's more, there's more in this journey you need to get. So what you need is not out of your journey. You need something to help you endure your journey. And that's what the word does. The word gives you the ability to endure your journey. Say, the word gives me the ability to endure my journey. 
All right. Thirdly, we learn on Sunday through prayer, praise, and worship. And we learn on Sunday uh, on Zephaniah 317 that the Lord sings over us. So through prayer, praise, and worship, it is not just us singing to God. In fact, those are songs where God is singing over us. So when they open up the experience and says, I don't, uh, I don't need any more, what's the word, this song? I, shall, I have no reason to fear. Got it? That's really God saying that to you. You have no reason to fear. Zephaniah says God rejoices over us with singing, which means every time a song is being sung, don't just listen to the words and say, oh, those are pretty words. Those are nice words. Instead, that's what God is saying over you. So when they sing the song, Jesus is my help, what you're doing is that's God singing. God's telling you, I am your help. Not your paycheck, not your mama, not your brother, not your sister. He says, I am your help. When they say you shall have no more fear, he's telling you, stop being scared. Stop being afraid. You only got one life and baby you better live it well then 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 fourthly we ended here on Sunday that God speaks through a storm Job 38 and 1 and then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind out of a storm verse 3 then he says act like a man I like God God is so incredible because he and I would get along really well no I'm serious because like I I'm, I don't I don't like I said, thank you, Jesus. I don't like weak. No, I, I can't. And I can't give you the acronym because you'll figure it out. <laughs> Drummer said, say something then. <laughs> Here's the way I am. I handle business. I don't sit and rock back and forth crying saying war is me you know here's the truth here's the truth 2018 look I didn't had to grow real fast because I didn't had some unexpected Judah not Judas <laughs> plural Judah <laughs> Judas is his I, I, I have I, I didn't had all kinds of things come. And, and here's the deal and you wouldn't know you know why because I just handle business slowing down right here because I want you to catch something. Say, I'm going to catch you, Bishop. You can be a male or a man. Man is not dealing with masculinity or femininity. It's dealing with accepting responsibility. So when God says to Job, act like a man, prepare yourself like a man, he's not attacking his masculinity. He's, he's, not, a, he's not even dealing with masculinity or femininity. He's saying, Job, this storm got you acting weak. You're not even acting like you. You're acting like you're going down when in fact you're actually on your come up. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me help somebody in here. Uh, touch your neighbor and say, don't let this storm make you act weak. Can I just preach to somebody for 15 seconds? You've already been through worse before. You've already dealt with greater challenges before. You've already overcome things before. Don't you let this storm make you act weak. Somebody holler, I got this. I got this. Anything that God allows you to get to, baby, you better believe me, God will get you through. Do not allow your storm to make you act weak. Instead, act like the Lord told Job. He said, act like a man. In other words, he says, accept responsibility and handle business. Get the job done. 
I, like God was like, Job, I don't want to hear your excuses. You got more excuses. <laughs> got a whole lot of excuses. Oh, watch this. Watch this. Can we do something tonight? How many of us, let's be honest, in the last 11 months, we've made excuses for something. Now, you said, Bishop, I didn't make excuses. I gave a reason. That's an excuse. How's an excuse? Because people do what they want. You know why stuff don't get, if something don't get done? Because people didn't want to do it. I don't accept people to, oh, this has happened. No, no, you didn't want to. And I'm fine. Thanks. Got another one. <laughs> you must not know about me. You must not know about me. I caught an anointing from Beyonce. She said, I'll have another you in a minute. Matter of fact, is that the front door? <laughs> They'll be here any minute. You won't hold me hostage. Now, let's just do this. Lift your hands up. Say, Father, forgive me for making excuses. And tonight, I'm going to do what you told Job. I'm going to prepare myself like a man. Accept responsibility. I'm a warrior. I'm a gladiator. I'm a fighter. And when I fight, I show enough win. All the gladiators holler in the house. I said all the gladiators holler in the house. You are not chump change. You are not a failure. You're not a mistake. You're not stupid. You're not dumb. You're not incapable. You're not inept. You're not a screw up. You are the righteousness of God. And if you believe it, say yeah. yeah. Now, 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 watch this. We learned that he speaks through storms. Now, uh, uh, and so that was Sunday. All right, you ready for number five? I got to finish it. I got to finish it. I, I get, uh, there's three more I got to give you. You ready? You ready for this one? All right, say, what's the next way he speaks, Bishop? Y'all ain't really? Say, what's the next way he speaks, Bishop? <laughs> through an ass. Go to Numbers chapter 22. Numbers chapter 22. He speaks through asses. I'm just his Bible. <laughs> Say, teach the book, Bishop. <laughs> I'm in the book. Numbers chapter 22. Now, I'm, you can get this. Numbers chapter 22, verse number 10. Now, a lot of verses we got to cover here, and I got to get this really fast. What's an ass? Something, by definition, it, it, it symbol, symbolizes something that's stupid. It symbolizes a person who bucks. Deuteronomy 22.10, let's just go there real quick. King James Version, not New King James. New King James says it like slightly differently. Go to the Old King. King James Version, Deuteronomy 22.10. Interestingly enough, we're going to go back to Numbers 22.10. Deuteronomy 22.10, and when they put it up on the screen, I want you to read it. One, come on, one, two, ready, read. Look at me, look at me. You are an ox. You get stuff done. In fact, to be called an ox, you had to qualify by carrying, watch this, woo, this is going to shout you. You could only be called an ox when you qualify by carrying a certain amount of weight and load. Every cow couldn't be called an ox. That's why it's not a cow and an ass. It's an ox and an ass because an ox had proven that it could handle things the other. You've proven you can handle stuff that would make others lose their mind. You've proven that you can handle stuff that would make other folks throw in the towel and give up. Somebody say, I'm an ox. But what the Bible says you shouldn't do is you shouldn't be yoked to an ass. 
Now, an ass is a person who bucks. It's a person who makes things difficult. You're trying to move forward. The ox is a worker. The ox is like, let's get it done. The ass is always bucking, always starting stuff. Why we got to do this? Why you got to do this? Oh, yeah, I see you got your little job. Why you got to call it a little job, your ass? Why in the world you got to? I'm in the book. 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 Say, preach, bishop. Say it again. Say, preach, bishop. An ass is always starting stuff. They're always creating issues, always creating problems. You call them with a testimony, an ass wants to blow holes in it. You tell them God is good, they tell you why he's not. You're an ox, and the Bible forbids you to deal with asses. So I want to ask you something. If you were to check your circle now, is it ass free? Oh, God, y'all wouldn't even... Just, <laughs> just look up and down your road. Say, no asses on this aisle. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, 2019 will be an ass-free for you. If you believe it, say, I believe that. Deuteronomy 22.10, verse, King James, thou shalt not plow. I did a whole lot of messages about this before. With an ox and an ass together, plow means live with, do life with hang out with, talk to, interact with. You want to know why you're tired? Because an ox, a, a, a two oxen, they were yoked together. Come here. You ask God to use you. Let's get the sacred pages. Okay. Now, look here. Uh, two oxen were together by a yoke. The yoke would go around their neck. I don't see nothing I can use for a yoke, and I ain't got no time. So my hand is a yoke, okay? What's my hand? The yoke was a wooden instrument that held two oxen together. So that when one got tired, he could, he could rely on the strength of somebody that was his equal. The, the, issue, the issue your neighbor used to have is that when they got tired, they were yoked to asses. They were, they were friends with asses. They dated asses. They lived with asses. Their family member was nothing but a bunch. Okay. So that when they got weak, they could not depend on the strength of the ass. In fact, they had to carry the ass everywhere. And look, the ass don't want to go. And you're trying to move forward, but the ass is holding you back. Your issue ain't them. Your issue, watch this, is that you are yoked to them. But in the name of Jesus, I break, I break every yoke tonight. If you believe it, say it's broken. Watch. Numbers 22, verse 10, King, New King James Verse. I got to finish. So Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zephor, king of Moab, has sent me saying, look, the people has come out of Egypt and they cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I should be able to overpower them and drive them out. Look at me. Let me tell you the story. Okay, because I got to move. I'm out of time. So this king comes to Balaam. Balaam is a man of God. He's a prophet. And uh, he says, this king says, hey, I want you to curse the children of Israel because they're too strong for me. I can't beat them unless I have supernatural help. It's amazing because your enemy is far more afraid of you than you are your enemy. That's why they use such dastardly tactics against you. It is because they fear you far more than you even recognize or realize. Somebody slap your neighbor high five for the fifth or sixth time and just say, you don't have a clue who you sit next to. Say, I'm somebody. Say, I paid a price to be here. I paid a price to still be living. Do you know how many times your neighbor had to push through their depression and push through their discouragement and push through their pain just to...
Verse 12, and God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. God told a man of God, don't mess with this fool. <laughs> Which is interesting because sometimes you can be spiritual and still be stupid. Verse 20, and God said to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men call you to come, call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. What, 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 what happened? God said to him, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. Balaam rose, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. This is interesting. Look at verse 20. Can I give you some revelation tonight? Verse 20, and God came to Balaam at night and said to him, if the men come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went. Well, didn't God say, you could go? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You missed it. Let's go back to verse 20. And God came to Balaam at night and said, if they come to you, partial obedience is complete disobedience. If he said put it over there and you put it over here, he don't, you don't get credit for putting it over there. It's quiet in the church on Wednesday. Well, I said, then God's anger was aroused because he went. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him as he was riding his ass. That's donkey. Put it up, old King James, so they can see I'm not making it up. See it? Y'all see it? Now, I want to use ass as a metaphor like it is in Scripture, okay? Say it's a metaphor. Which means it means all those things we just talked about. Y'all hear? Now, look. It, now, the uh, now, the donkey, watch this. Uh, as a matter of fact, leave it up in old King James. Go to verse number 23. Okay? The ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way. With his sword drawn in his hand. L look at me. There are some people around you who have been telling you who they are. Through what they do. And you still refuse to hear them. You say, well, Bishop, we didn't talk. Some people you don't need to talk to. You just need to look at what they did. Put the verse up, verse 20. Y'all got to keep. <laughs> verse 20. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam, I love old King James, he smote the ass. <laughs> so he hit the donkey. Someone say he hit the donkey. He hit her on her back to get back on the road. Watch this. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Follow me. The, the donkey's trying to save Balaam's life. But, but watch this. Say, say it's a metaphor. The ass, watch this, because you might be sitting next to him. The ass got Balaam off his path. He got Balaam off his journey. 
He got Balaam distracted. Somebody in here tonight, you have got something around you that's an ass that's got you distracted and got you off your journey, got you confused, got you messed up, tied up, tangled up. But tonight... So Balaam, watch what Balaam did. No, just get back over here. Let's be friends again. Let's go to lunch. I got to finish. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on the side and a wall on that side. Okay, so it's a wall over here, wall over here. Got it? Then we get down to verse number 25. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself against the wall. And then she crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. Go back to verse 25. So first, she gets Balaam off his path. He hits her and says, let's keep going. There's certain people you keep going with. And you keep going with them. So now, then God gives them another scenario. Say another scenario. Stay with me, Tonto. We're riding. Now, then they get, watch this, in this narrow place. And in this narrow place with this ass, she backs up. Touch the neighbor, says she backed it up. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. She backs it up and crushes his foot. So now, first she got him off path. Now she's messed with his walk. I don't know why you're not saying anything to me like I'm not saying something. There's people in your life that after they get you off path, you keep going with them. Now they messed up with you. Now you don't even shout in church like you used to. Now, now you don't even praise God like you used to. You don't serve like you used to. You don't have passion like you used to. And you're trying to figure out what's going on with me. It's an ass. Messed up his foot. Says he messed up his walk. Verse 20. Verse 26, uh, 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 then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no exit. Balaam now is in a place where he's like, there's no way out here. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left hand. Verse 27. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. So watch this. First she gets him off path. Then she messes with his walk. Now she stops the show. She stops his flow. Sometimes while you're praying, Lord, Lord, just reveal to me who's for me and who's against me. God is like, you're missing the ass. Because you're so close to them. You can no longer discern that you are an ox and they are not. You don't want to see what they are. Because you want to believe the best. I'm saying something. Okay, let, let me finish. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. Balaam's anger was around. He struck the donkey with his staff. We can go back to regular King James Version. I think y'all get the point of the donkey, right? Verse 28, then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, 
So check out what happens. Balaam's riding the donkey, right? By the way, a donkey in Hebrew culture was like having a Rolls Royce or Bentley. It's a very nice automobile. Okay? So when Jesus rode in the city on a donkey, don't let that be a reason why people say, see, Jesus didn't have nothing. Jesus rode in on a Rolls Royce rental. <laughs> Touch the neighbor and say, he had some. Judas was his CFO. He had some. You don't need a CFO to count pennies. Like, why you need a CFO to count a couple bucks? Jesus was like, I ain't going to be here that long, so I'm going to lease it. <laughs> Go tell him I have need of it. <laughs> and then you can take it afterwards. So he's riding this luxury automobile in. Y'all with me? I'm just about to. Right here. And so Balaam's luxury automobile stops. Stops. And then here's what happens. The Bible the donkey turns her head around and opens her mouth and speaks Hebrew to Balaam. Th ain't that what it say? That, that's what it say. Watch this. Uh, watch this. Uh, you, you, you want to put it up for me? You want to put it up? Put it up. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, <laughs> wait a minute. Look at me. You don't think that at some point Balaam would be like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> like, hold on. Balaam just responds. <laughs> Look, and Balaam said to the donkey, because you abused me. I wish there was a sword in my hand. I'd kill you now. This is crazy stuff. So the, daily, so the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Watch verse 31. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. And he bowed his head and it fell flat on his face. Next verse. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. Next, next verse. Then the donkey saw me and turned aside for me these three times. If she didn't turn aside for me, I would have killed you and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel, Lord, I have sinned. And he goes on and he says, I ain't going to do it no more. Look at me. He's basically like, give me one more chance. Take this out. Take this out. He, he, say it's a metaphor. Now, what's significant about this story is, is that from one angle, you can see the ass in, impacting Balaam's journey. From another angle of the story, watch this. You see, watch this, that the that the ass was aware of destruction that the individual wasn't aware of. Which I say, sometimes people are trying to tell you, I'm no good for you. I'm not a good friend for you. I'm not a good this. I'm not a good that. I'm not a good whatever. And sometimes they're trying to tell you that. And sometimes you will not listen to it because you're waiting on a voice from heaven. And God says, but wait a minute. You didn't know that sometimes I'll speak through an ass. Number six, through an angel. Say an angel. My God, can, can, can I finish it, y'all? When an angel appears in the earth, there appears human beings, not with wings. We learned this from Genesis chapter 19. Those accounts where people talk about, I saw an angel that had wings and the wings flapped and all that, they're, they're well-meaning, but they're often misguided. Genesis 19.1. Now, two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed his face to the ground. Verse 5. And then, and they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men? Genesis 19.1 said they were what? Angels. What did they look like to everybody else according to verse 5? Men. So when angels appear in your earth, they look like humans. Now, wh what's this significant? In Hebrews 13, chapter 2, uh, th chapter 13, verse number 2, it says that sometimes you're talking to an angel and you don't know it. Sometimes God will send somebody 
and they look just like the person sitting next to you. And you've entertained an angel unaware. What do you mean? God says, in that moment, you needed some affirmation. You needed somebody to say, hey, wait a minute, keep going. You needed somebody to encourage you, somebody to build you, somebody to speak life into you. You needed that for just a moment. And because you needed that for just a moment, check it out. He says, I will use someone for a moment to speak something into your life. Have you ever been feeling a certain type of way about something or whatever, and then somebody comes up and they just will have all the right stuff to say? And you'd be like, that's the same thing I learned in church. And they watch this, and you never see them again? I, I remember one time there, there, was this, uh, there was this lady, made long story short, and she was doing some business with us, and she, she, she literally she, she popped in and she said a whole bunch of stuff. And I said, you know what? She's right. I said, and she really encouraged me. Really, I needed it. And she encouraged me. And it was really great. We were doing business. And I told the staffer that was dealing with it, I said, that's really great. And so we did some business with her. And then after that, listen, after that, literally, the lady fell off the face of the planet. We couldn't find her. We couldn't email her. We couldn't number. We couldn't call her. We couldn't do none of that. And I said, what happened to her? And I said, listen, don't even worry about it. I said, she was sent on an assignment to be an angel to remind me of something I had forgotten of. <laughs> Say, thank God for angels. You might be riding the, uh, 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 the light rail and somebody will be sitting in there and, got, and what you need to hear right there at that moment, they'll say something to you and it'll build you and it'll encourage you. You might be at the mall shopping, doing something and they'll do something and it'll build you and it'll encourage you. Say, he'll speak through an angel. La last, last thing is he speaks through some dreams. Some dreams. The average person spends a third of their lives sleeping and often as we dream, there's significant messages. About 95% of your dreams are spir your spirit purging. You purging. 5% have a message from God. I did a whole series called Dreams. Go get that series. Now, check this out. Job 33, 14 through 15. We're just going to activate this, and then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna drop this. Are you learning tonight? Yes, are you growing tonight? Yes, All right, Job 33, 14. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream and a vision of the night when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. God says, I will use a dream to give instruction. Okay? Say so, so he uses some dreams. Psalm 16 and 7. I know I'm moving fast. You got to go back and get the replay. Psalm 16 and 7. I will bless the Lord. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. They're going to put it up in the New King James Version. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, uh, uh, my heart instructs me. New King James says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the what? Night seasons. Night season here means dreams. So he'll use some dreams. Look at me. Sometimes, uh, you, you ever woke up from a dream and been kind of nervous? I've been kind of, you know, sweating, that kind of thing. You're like, what in the world's going on? It is because God is using that dream. Watch this to purge fear out of you because you will not have time to walk in fear when you've got to walk in your day. So you'll wake up in a frenzy because he got it out of you while you were sleeping. Somebody say, thank God for my dreams. All right, last thing, and I want to activate this in everybody tonight. Acts chapter 2, verses 15 through 18. I know I'm moving fast, but are you getting something tonight? Acts chapter 2, 15 through 18. For these are not drunk, as you suppose. This is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of the prophet Joel. 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I want you to focus on this. Acts chapter 2, uh, verse number 17. It says, and it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. In the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on what? 
all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the ways you speak. Thank you that you use dreams to purge me of fear. Thank you that you use angels that appear as men to give me messages I need to make it through. Thank you that you use number 22 donkeys to say to me, to speak to me, to give me instruction. Thank you that you use storms. Thank you that you use prayer, praise, and worship. Thank you for your logos. That's your word. And thank you for your rhema. That's what you speak to me through the man of God you've assigned me to. In Jesus' name. Would you give God praise for the word tonight, y'all? Hallelujah. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice. Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah.
Phone plan, streams, and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.